Hello, yeah. welcome to Glitch Please, the show where we talk about video games every single week. I'm Ashley. I'm Gus. I'm Adam. I'm Ryan. And together we are... Voltron? Yeah. Gar. Okay, well, it's spirited. Early. Anyway, wow, we're going to talk about video games. There's a lot of crazy it's cold stuff in Texas, happening. All right, I, look. I totally got overhanded by everyone, by the way. <coughs> we like, just like, we just are trying not really to warm. harass you. <laughs> I just assume you're, that you're still like ice cold <laughs> in your office. I'm freezing. I'm yeah. worried that we might dissolve if we touch him too much. No, sure. yeah, with that's his fair. Stay, away, stay away from the palm. The top. Yeah, we've never shaken hands for that reason. Yeah, although, how long have you had this laptop? Not very long. Okay, I was going to say it's held up fairly well. This is a replacement. I like that you got the sticker though. Yeah, my little Kojima, Kojima production. Did you have, did you have like a multiple pack of those? Uh, I had bought something from their online store, and they sent like a couple of sheets. Gotcha, stickers. gotcha. All right, so uh, we got a lot to talk about this week. Lots of stuff happening in the news. Uh, we'll spend a little bit of extra time talking about Nintendo's cardboard fever dream. Nice. Which they, uh, they just announced. Uh, and then also, you know, I want to take it back a little bit. I want to go back in time. I want to talk about how we all got into games because like this this whole cardboard thing got me thinking about it Just that like it's such a weird way to try to pull people into Nintendo's platform and Figure out like how we ended up liking games Because hmm. I doubt we intentionally said I'd be like I'm going to like games It was an organic process, so we'll talk about all that stuff, but before organic we get like it, cardboard, huh? I mean, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess cardboard thank you. is organic. Yes. Yeah, like like that. Okay. <coughs> it's wood. But first, Actually, uh, Nintendo refuses to make their peripherals out of anything that's biodegradable. Yeah, this is like the worst cardboard <laughs> possible. They've coated them all in. What makes it, so there Spray are a couple plastic. things that'll make cardboard unrecyclable, right? Uh, oh, is that true? Yeah, like you can't recycle pizza boxes. Well, that's I never do that until like grease. last week. You didn't know that? No. I've been yeah. putting those in the recycle bin. Oh, like Absolutely. specific. It's got like a picture of a pizza box and it's like, no. no. I don't read my pizza box. I eat the pizza and I put that, it in the recycle bin. Right? with you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't read the recycle bin. My recycle bin is clearly not marked for pizza. I think it has to do with the like oil soaking in. And sure. It basically makes it not cardboard anymore. Something chemical. It makes weird super happens. cardboard. Some science happens and you can't recycle it. That's right. what I know. Well, I have learned something today and I will stop putting those in the recycle bin. And the recyclers will thank you. What have you guys been playing lately? I've been playing uh, some Switch games and yeah. a, little, a little bit of Hat in Time. Uh, I've, you know, I've been I started playing that because I heard so much about it and I heard so many people say wonderful things and I really enjoy it. Okay, I thought you were gonna be like, I hate it. No, no, no. I like good. it. I mean, you know, it's do got you feel the, judged? Or you, you no, seem no. like you're coming in ready to like. No, I like. Ready it. to fight. I, I fucked up in that game. Uh, how do you? You start off. How do you? You do start that? off in the town and you walk. Two feet forward and it triggers a cutscene. I started off in the town and I was like, the first thing I do in every game is I turn around yeah. and I want to go the different direction. So you're in the you're in an alley, but like I started jumping and you can get out. I didn't trigger that cutscene, which gives you, which leads you to like having a weapon. Oh, which leads you yeah. to like the story and like what you're supposed <laughs> to collect. So at first I was just running around collecting yarn balls and it was like that's great, you got a yarn ball. I was like, all right, <laughs> what am I doing? And then I restarted, and I found the cutscene. I like the notion that you know that you break the game. It's not that I'm breaking the game. It's like maybe I'll find. Maybe well, sometimes you hide stuff. No, right you there. Said, exactly. Yeah. You're, you deliberately subverted the, the the flow of the game, and then we're confused. <laughs> that's a game, it's a trope in gaming. You're supposed. I'm to not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying find shit. That's where you go. Is you go back and you go like, oh, I'll go the way that they I told think, me to go. I think a lot of people do this, and that if you know the way to go, yeah. you try to go the different way so you can find the secrets. Everyone does that. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. But at the first step of the game. 
Gotta start early. I, I do the same thing. I'm, uh, I'm in your camp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they, they should not let you break it. Yeah. There so, should be a wall. So that, that ceiling. So that's he like, said you had to jump out of it. Right. Well, so they should you, cover it. So the way the game works is you've got your spaceship, and um, it's a, it reminds me a little bit of like, you know, Mar the Mario 64 type games in mm -hmm. that regard, where you've got your spaceship and you need a certain amount of hourglasses to unlock different areas, basically to like open up the new world. Those don't sound like yarn balls. What? He said he was collecting yarn balls. Well, yarn balls yarn are balls how are you part get of it. hats. You can get hats. You need yarn balls to make hats that will give you different abilities. Go on. But you need hourglasses in order to unlock new areas of the game. That game, I will say, <clears throat> this is like early game spoilers, super charming and they have a reputation meter. And something happens, and it goes from like you're pretty friendly with this person to like it shoots to the left and off the screen and explodes because like you're suddenly their enemy. It's so fucking charming. Is uh, that what happens when you take their yarn balls? No, that's what happens when they backstab you like the pieces of shit they are. They have no ethics. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, it's, this is a weird crossover between like knitting and keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. So it's a it's a kind of it's a platformer. Okay. Sort of. Okay. Uh, but you you have uh, these. I think it is it is a platformer. 3D. Or yeah, 3D? I, I would classify it as it's 3D. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as a very, uh, very cute cartoony, um, like platformer where you get these uh, individual like smaller worlds that you go into, and then there are a couple different missions in each world, and you can hop throughout the level at any time and you can run around and try and get up to different places and collect the different yarn balls to build your different hats uh, and then get off to different collectibles and so on. So it's kind of a collect-a-thon as well because you get the yarn and then you make the hats and you get new abilities that can then get you into other areas and right. so on. So the game has a couple interesting things, especially with the platforming. Uh, in Mario, when you when you jump, you can pivot in midair and change directions. Mm -hmm. This game, when you jump, you're committed. So there have been many times where I'm on top of a building and I want to dive in front of me, but for some reason my character's facing behind. Mm. I'll jump and I'll dive, and instead of diving forward, it just dives off the cliff. Now here's a question. Are you controlling with a gamepad? or yes. Okay. Because I, I, that was the first thing I looked up. What should I play with? Yeah. And everyone says, play with a gamepad. Yeah. So I absolutely am. Um, I haven't gotten to the second world yet. I think I got through five or six of the little small missions that you collect uh, the time things with? Well, then you unlocked the next world. Okay, I've done five. I mean, Yeah, no, you only need four to unlock the uh, the next world. See, I just kept going in the first world. <laughs> you turned around and went the wrong There's a lot Adam, of stuff. Mr. Like, I don't want to play the game the way the game's designed. I wasn't, sure, I wasn't the sure if there was like other hats to get, because you can keep collecting yarn balls. And I was like, you already got the hat, but you can get still these yarn balls. So I wasn't sure well, it gives you like a plus. Do you give these to a cat at some point? or? Mm, no. Do you take them to Haberdashery? I haven't found a cat. Hopefully Haber, you do. Haber, well, yeah, they're making hats, so they must. I don't know. You just uh, make the hats yourself. Do you you're very, look, you're so very talented. You're a haberdasher. So all you do is knit like skull caps because what else would you I need a yarn knitted ball for? a feather uh, hat with feathers coming out of it. And, and that's how you sprint. Let me run fast. And uh, there's another one you can make this the cool brew hat, and it's like a witch's hat, and then you can throw. Really? You didn't know that? No. Yeah. How do you get that? Is that in the second world? Uh, no, it's in the first world. See, uh, I texted so you last night. <laughs> I was like, is there any other hats in the first world? Well, I didn't know you didn't have that one. Uh, so, because it's not a hidden hat, but as Damn you, it. <laughs> you, so you missed it. You, there's these different types. Of yarn you just balls got that a you hat sassed is what you got. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty you obvious. You don't have the witch if hat. You didn't see Everyone's it, got right the there. witch hat. I mean, I'm, like, I'm sorry. You, I thought it was you just went two steps down the alley at the beginning, <laughs> and it's right there. Uh, but you do so you can collect these different types of yarn. There are a bunch of these sprint yarns in the first world. After you've collected enough to make your sprint hat, excuse me, sprint yarns. 
-hmm. Sprint yarns, yes. This is, look, we're getting real technical. Okay. Here. And then after you get your sprint yarns, you say so you got your sprint hat, you don't need more <coughs> sprint yarns, but you are still collecting them and you get a plus one yarn. It's not yarning, it's not like two anything in particular. But if you collect enough of those, then you get one brewing yarn. Oh, I then just you needed, get your brewing. There are five just, types of yarn, Ryan. I just needed more sprint yarn. yarn okay. Brewer yarn. Yep. Which is ice, how you get the witch's hat. Ice yarn. Mm -hmm. Dweller yarn. Mm -hmm. And time stop yarn. So that means there's only so, five hats. Time stop yarn. So take this as like. Uh, it's in, funny, Gus. Whenever I think about yarn, time does seem to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Do you just, I can see you being a knitter. Oh, I don't think I'm prone to darn some socks. I, I don't think that's. What, I don't think so either, but I don't know because I'm not a yarn guy. I believed it. You sold me. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, anyway, it's a really fun, really charming game. It's like uh, like 20 or 30 bucks on Steam, mm -hmm. but um, I'm absolutely loving it. So thanks for all the recommendations saying please play that. Yep. Really digging it. Uh, I also played some Switch games. Which blend? They came out with Meat Boy on the Switch. I didn't know until I bought it the night it came Is out. Is it as absolutely brutal on Switch as everything You're else? You're a big fan of that game, right? I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those... You love games that hurt you. No, Meat Boy is, is special because it's a game that has such bite-sized levels that it will teach you muscle memory, and it's so satisfying to, like, just get a little bit further every time in the level. Like, and you, like... 17 tries is like five minutes, you know? So after 17 tries, you get it on the 18th and you're you're like perfectly executing. It's fucking awesome. Um, I've beaten the, the main six worlds, uh, save for the final boss in the sixth world. Um, that game actually has made me decide not to get Dark Souls on the Switch because it's really? probably the first like, you know, challenging game I've played in handheld mode. Um, and it gets real crampy after mm. you're like, you're really trying to, when you're focusing and you're trying hard to nail like specific combos of like mm -hmm. jumping and moving and yeah, that that has made me realize that that would not be a great experience for me specifically on the Switch because I have huge hands. I, I would suggest like, yeah, like so. using a pro controller, but that does make it a little bit less. I mean, I can't like, like, right, I just want to kick it in bed or like lay on the couch. Like using a pro controller is fine. Like, I could do that. Kick it in bed. Kick it in bed. Kick it in bed. That's what I do. I kick wouldn't, it. Wouldn't kick it out of bed. Um, <laughs> but really fun game. It only took me, I mean, I've played it so many times now that the gameplay, the, the main six uh, levels probably took me like four hours or so. D it comes back to you really fast. Yeah, it's really Muscles satisfying. Remember. It's really, like really elephants. satisfying. They're like, there's still like levels I, I go to that are super hard, but because I still have some of that muscle memory, some of it's so much fun to execute that I'll play them over and over. Um, I also played, um, I went back to Shovel Knight on the Switch. I have tried that game so many times. Uh, and instead of going to the Shovel Knight campaign, you tried it like I, I as kept, it, like you've tried and haven't got into it. Right, I kept trying it. I kept going, I'm getting like the third, fourth mission, and it just wasn't clicking for me. Like, it would be like hard, but like not in a not like fun for me. Um, but then I tried the Spectre of Torment campaign, and you have a scythe, and the like the the movement is completely different. Um, you can climb up walls and and jump off them, and then you can also when you're in the air and you use your scythe, enemies have like a line through them and you can dash through your enemies. So mm. the movement is really fluid and like that is the puzzle of the game. It's like figuring out how to use enemies to bounce around the levels. That's way more fun. Love that game. So, so that one clicks with you? Yes. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much all I've been playing. I just got a giant board game I showed you yesterday. Oh, you God. Like, oh, my I, God. There's this board game. What's the board game called? Kingdom Death Monster. Okay, so it came yes. with a box <laughs> called Miniature Assembly. Yeah. Adam opened it to show me, and it's just sheets and sheets and sheets of little bits of miniatures that you then have to like assemble mm -hmm. and then paint up. Well, it's 
This is some intimidating shit. How many hours does it take to to play this game? Well, so part, to set part, it up part, to part, get to the point where you can play. Part of the part of the <coughs> game for, for people that want this sort of thing is that it's a it's like a hobbyist game. Like you buy these things to build the miniatures and to paint them. Right. Like that is part of the game. Almost. So a hundred hours in, you can start to play the game. Well, that's what I'm curious. It's like, where, where's the they, threshold? So they start with. To, to get started, you build four survivors and a lion, and the four survivors are like five or six pieces a piece, and same with the lion. So it's really not that much, and you don't have to you don't have to paint them or anything. So like to get, I'll probably get started tonight. I didn't get to build them last night, but I will build them tonight and probably play tonight. Um, so you know, if but if you're not into miniature assembly, it's obviously definitely not the game for you. So uh, they went through a Kickstarter, it looks like in 2012, and they raised just over two million dollars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. For me, it's a it's a board game that's like it's something I'm probably gonna play mostly alone because it's something I want to oh. be able to. Well, you know, n no one's gonna want to sit there and play a 60 hour campaign, so I, I want to enjoy that and I want to. You're right. You can play it alone. Where do you store yeah. a board game for 60 hours? Oh, I just like you take it, you just break it down, and put it back in the box. You don't have to like you don't have to keep it up. You, you they have sheets where you write stuff on. It's kind of like kind of like a guided D and D campaign focused on miniatures and mm. a cool dark world. But whatever, I want to play that. That's something I got. I'm very excited about it. I'll, I'll report it back next week or the week after. So it's a board game with a single player campaign. Yeah, I mean you can play it with up to four people, but if you're playing solo, you can just control four survivors. Hmm. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of board games have that now because uh, there's a lot of. A lot of times you want to play a board game and you don't have friends to come over or you don't want to go out or whatever. How you, dynamic or, is it? Or you it don't though? have friends. I don't have friends. Yeah. I mean, how dynamic is it though? So if you played that again, would you just get the same experience or? No. Uh, so I don't. I don't want to go into this too much, but I will. So it, it's <laughs> here. We are. It's like uh, it's like Monster Hunter, almost, <clears throat> where you're going out, you're fighting the monsters, you're collecting their resources, you bring them back to your settlement, you're building up your settlement. Um, however, so it's kind of an RTS. There's no like no one's gonna okay. There are events that attack your settlement, but you're not building up. You're building up like like merchants and okay. innovations and things like that. Uh, you have it's kind of like a roguelike in that if you die, you have a, a limited number of lives to go back out into the world. And if all of your your pool of survivors in your settlement dies, then you actually are done and you gotta start from scratch. Mm. Okay. Um, so that's part of the reason it it is you know sort of a, like emergent, but. Um, Random events happen when you fight monsters. They have decks of AI, so that stuff sort of changes the the way that, the way it's played. Um, you can you know fight the the first boss as many times as you want, but eventually like shit's gonna start happening in your settlement, and like the events you don't get to choose what happens. You pull it from a deck, so it's sort of random. So. Is it like on a timer or like there's? A yeah. So every time you you complete an event, and I haven't played it yet, so don't get me wrong, but I've done some research. Every time you complete like a fight, it'll you'll progress the game one lantern year. And that okay. is sort of like how the game moves forward. And every lantern year you have to do different things and sometimes you'll draw from a deck that will spawn random events like something like a nemesis coming and hunting you and killing you. So or like a like a tornado or yeah. an alien attack. So the game is the, the game is really focused around like Can't we just have like a year of great weather and peace? I think you, maybe you can. Uh, the, the game is focused around like balancing getting your survivors ready for the next challenge and not taking too long. So Okay. I'm very excited to play and it. Very intimidating. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? Uh, I guess the only main new thing I've been playing recently is They Are Billions. Oh, oh I was going to ask you if anybody's been playing yeah. that. How is it? Uh, it takes a while. I'm to super play. excited about this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So I, I, this game was totally not on my radar, and then I just happened to be looking at what people were streaming on Twitch, and there's like there's a bunch of people streaming They Are Billions, which I'd never heard of. So uh, I looked it up, and it's uh, it's just kind of a roguelite. Uh, RTS, sort of. Um, 
but you, it's, you, you know, you get one life, essentially, uh, and you're just trying to build a colony in the middle of just all of these zombie creatures that will attack you if they get close enough. So it's what, like what do you, RTS you, survival. Why do you say sort of an RTS? It's, when I looked at it, I mean, it, it has like the StarCraft UI, or like the bottom, yeah. bottom third UI, and it, you're building I guess I just haven't uh, <clears throat> played a, an RTS that was this unforgiving. Okay. Um, so, periodically as you're building it too, uh, so the map is already populated by a bunch of, it's very steampunky. I love the well. artwork, dude. Yeah. Um, the map, it's still early access as well. So the map is populated by an existing number of, huge number of enemies. Billions. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't get to billions yet. Okay. Uh, the billions come later. Um, and so you, you kind of have to progressively make choke points, kind of wall things off and build up defenses kinda to like keep the- tower defense, kind of? Very tower defense, just to keep, keep a static border. But at the same time, you, the game is really geared towards expanding very rapidly because you need space. Mm -hmm. But the map isn't huge, so you could very quickly kind of take up all the space. Uh, and periodically you'll be beset by large hordes of these things. Now, Billions. I have never had the opportunity to accumulate anything near the number of troops that you're seeing in these. Okay. The developers say that the engine supports up to 20,000 units at a time. Uh, so not billions. The other thing is, once they hit one of your buildings, it just becomes a clusterfuck because every building that they hit spawns more of them. Uh, so it's just a cascade. So, so if they get in your base and they take one building out, it just steamrolls. No, in, in your base killing your dudes. So the one complaint I've heard about the game is that like, A, it's super challenging. Like, Very almost, challenging. Almost to the point where uh, it's really difficult to progress uh, and like get to Early it. on, it is very difficult to progress. Um, and I've heard also, <laughs> the game is called Dare Billions, but yeah. a lot of times you get defeated by one zombie because you one, let, zombie one of them get come through, yep. touches a building, spawns more zombies, they touch buildings, spawn more zombies, that sort of thing. And as you can see, you kind of are cramped a lot of the time because you're having to build up defenses, so all of your stuff's close together. They hit one of your like population units, the things mm -hmm. that are giving you workers, and it will just you know, the, that one will spawn two, those two will hit, you know, a couple more, and just like a virus. Mm. So uh, basically, you <clears> have to be flawless. You have to, well, you can mess up, but you really have to maintain a mobile defense. And part of it's luck, too. The, the spawn of the map is random every time, so where your resources are and what choke points you can defend, uh, it it's varies from, from gameplay to gameplay, so you could end up in a, a wide open field, and you're just like, well, you, There's nothing I can do to stop this. Have you hit the end of like, <coughs> the tech tree? Is it? Have you gotten that far? I've hit the end of the tech tree. Uh, the way it works is, at least I understand it, because I haven't played all the way through it yet, but uh, one of the game settings is how many days you get. Mm -hmm. And I think I went down a step, which is 125 days. I think I'm on day like 80. And I've completed the tech tree. Mm. So there's nothing new I'm going to be able to build from this point on. All mm. I can do is work on expanding my defenses, because when you hit 125, you just get a flood. Mm. Gotcha. Like they're just coming. Is the is the tech tree pretty interesting? Um, or is it not is it not there yet? It needs more, I think. Okay. There's very limited number of units. There's only like there's three from there and three from there. So there's six different unit types. Oh, yeah. It's you saw most of them in that thing. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but I imagine a lot of that is also because <coughs> it's still early access. Yeah. You know, the, I, do you know if the developers are planning on adding more? I don't know yet, but I assume that. Well, you should scrolling. talk to them. <laughs> I mean, I haven't yet. I'm sorry. I just found out about and it. And I believe it only has survival mode at the moment, and that's they're going to have a campaign eventually. But that's not. Uh -huh. enough, I mean, that's not done yet. Yeah. It, it is fun though. I mean, I'll give it that. Like that learning those initial. It took me several tries to get to the point where I could actually advance <clears> to the end of the tech tree, and you got to figure out how 
how to balance the speed you need to spread and like how big an area you need to really because uh, you're constantly at the beginning fighting against I need power, I need food, I need workers, all these different things to be able to build the next upgrade. Do you do you like the balance of the game, or would you like some more options of like for me? I mean, a lot of the fun of RTS is like when I played Age of Empires it was just like kind of turtling and building the most fun civilization yeah. I could with a bunch of defenses, and that's just like that's fun to me. But the mm -hmm. the struggle of like trying to be fast about it is not fun. Well, you can pause, which is a good thing. Like, you can stop time at any point, which you can, you know, look around, build your defenses. You can put thing, you know, do all your construction in pause, mm -hmm. which is a good idea because if you build it without pausing and you misplace something, then it costs you resources to undo that. Mm. Whereas it, if you do it while you're paused, you can... You can just undo like, and no, get it back. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Pro tip. Uh, that, no, that is a very important tip if you're going to start playing this game is always build in pause mode not just because of that, but also because nothing is sneaking up on you while that happens. Because mm -hmm. you constantly have to be looking out for that one guy until you get your defenses up. Right. Yeah, Brady's been playing that game as well. Uh, he hopped onto it. I think he's he's been playing a lot of Seven Days to Die, mm -hmm. uh, and I think he's like starting to fall off on that. He's played a lot of it. It's and a great so game. At this point, he's just like. It's you like do hit a wall in that continuing game. Continuing on. Yeah. Uh, and so he was looking for something new. He started playing We Are Billions, and he was like, this game is amazing. So also, if you like the Seven Days to Die type games, check it out. It, yeah. I mean, I'd say They Are Billions is, is on the right track. It just needs more of an end game. Cool. Yeah. If, uh, if I'm on the next level down from the default, which... At this point, yeah, conceivably, if I had not changed that, there, there are two settings for, like, Difficulty ones of zombie population and ones the number of days you get if I'd not changed the day one I'd probably still be equally ready and I think in an extra 25 days. I'm just gonna faff about really gotcha. um, Faff about pretty much. Yeah, gonna faff. I got a spot of faff uh, Yeah, no, but we the the map <laughs> RNG can kind of be frustrating, but I mean, that's what you like about games sometimes. Like, that's the same thing with PUBG. You drop in mm -hmm. and maybe like, you get lucky, maybe you don't. Screwed. Sometimes you just got to work with what you got. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Sometimes you got a machete. You got you to make, make a victory out of it. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I finally finished the uh, Horizon Zero Dawn DLC. Oh, How what did you it? think? Did you like it? It was fucking amazing. Was you, it? Have you been playing it while Austin has been freezing? Yeah, because that's yes. very method. <laughs> yeah, I think all day, what was it, Tuesday when it was frozen, uh, I, was, I was playing that game. And I forgot how beautiful and how much fun that game was. And uh, it's just so good. So um, I finished the story part, but now I'm like, okay, well, now I've got to get every trophy. I have to re-platinum the game because now there's new um, trophies for it. So I've been doing, like, all the weird stuff you wouldn't normally do. Uh, so I play the game a very specific way, and now the only trophies that are left are the ones that reward the type of gameplay that I don't do. Uh, what's your specific way of playing? Like, you can override enemies and have them help you and use mounts to get around faster, but I walk everywhere and I kill every robot. Why do you walk Why? everywhere if they give you the mount ability from the beginning? Uh, I prefer seeing the world and gathering stuff as I go. Do you not feel like you're still yeah, okay, gathering? Dickhead. Yeah, it's like it's faster for gathering. Also, if I want to sneak, you know, you can sneak a lot easier <laughs> on foot as opposed to uh, when you're on a mount. But it's pretty dope riding a robot dinosaur. Yeah, it is neat, and I'll do it every now and then, but like now it's left, I have to get like mounted kills. It's like, fuck, I don't have, <laughs> I have to kill my mounted kills. And like, oh shit! I don't think I've ever killed anything from on. on I, I I think it's a new. Okay, I, I might be wrong on this. I think it's a new. They introduced a new skill tree in the DLC, and I think it's in the new skill tree. Mm -hmm. 
uh, I also have to heal different kinds of mounts. Like, I don't use mounts. It's like, fuck, I have to find mounts and I have to fucking heal them. So, I mean, it sounds like I'm bitching, but it's just, it's just because that's how I normally don't play the game. Right. So, so I have to go out, and then you don't have to do that. It's like, I'm doing this because I want to get That's one thing I actually like about, like, trophies and achievements is when they encourage you. They're like, they're like you don't have to do this. But you could, right. and we reward you for it. Like we worked hard on it. I, yeah, go I like, check it out. I'm just saying. Yeah, I like those challenges for different ways of playing, as opposed to like be number one. Yeah. That's not that's not a way of playing. Yeah. That's a like you're probably not going to get it because let, like let's face it, if you didn't have the game a month before launch, there are too many people playing. You're mm -hmm. not going to be able to get it. Yeah. Although no one does those kinds of achievements anymore. Thank God. I just have. I've been scarred. I think it was. Ghost, it was one of the like Ghost Recons. It was Graw. Mm -hmm. oh, Fuck yeah, that achievement. That. It was like be number one in the world in multiplayer. I don't like any multiplayer achievements. Yeah, no. the, mm. I agree. Red Dead Redemption did that, and I got everything besides the multiplayer achievements. Like get level twenty. It's like I don't want to get fucking level twenty. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, but you know, but yeah, even in the vein of the main deals of the main game, all of the text logs, all of the audio logs, like all of the backstory, they built such a great world, and this is this definitely feels like. It was part of the whole world, right? It's not like, oh, this shit got tacked on, uh -huh. or it's like some weird like retconning. Like, I feel like it's just fleshing out and further explaining the world that you live in. Uh, and it's not necessarily end game stuff. I think in order to start these missions, they start like around level thirty is the requirement on them. Okay. Uh, and it also bumps up, the DLC bumps up the level cap. I was fifty before, and I think the new level cap is sixty. Okay. Did you? Does the DLC introduce like new enemies and new weapons? And yes, like and fuck. <laughs> oh. So there, there, there are a few new enemies, and one of them is, uh, well, there, there's two variants of it. There's like a giant bear, and one of them is called a frost claw, which shoots like ice, and the other one's a fire claw, which shoots fire. And there's one mission, which you don't have to do as the main part of the story, but if you want all the trophies, you have to do it. Uh, we have to fight two fire claws at the same time, and they're both level 55, and it is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> uh, do you have to figure out basically how to cheese it? Yeah, I guess. Um, you have an NPC who helps you in that fight, but do he's, they help? He's really not that great. <laughs> uh, so it's like you're just like running around healing and trying to trying to slowly whittle them down. It was really really difficult, but I, I finally got through that. Congratulations! The Thank typical you. cheese in that game is just to rope them to the ground. Are right. they immune to that? Uh, no, you can rope them, yeah. but still, like even fighting one on its own is is difficult. And then making sure that the other one's not getting up, or that your NPC isn't hurting the other one. Reducing his rope time. Uh huh. Mm. So it's uh it's there's a little bit of a balance there. Um, but yeah, absolutely great. Um, I highly recommend if you enjoyed the game, you play it. I think that it might not be selling well because even getting like story-based progression trophies, they all were listed as very rare. Like one percent mm. of players have this. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I get, but they'd be counting it against one percent of like all Horizon. Everyone, right, but, but still, I feel like that's not a big pickup. Do you think it was too long a gap between a, there, like February release and then the DLC came out? October, I think. October or November. November. I, yeah. I think it was November. Uh, ben, you want to look up the release date? I want to say November, but uh, do you think that was like too long a gap to wait? Before yeah, I mean, the and DLC it kind of it kind of put me off on wanting to play it as well because I felt like when I was done with the game, the game plays a very specific way, and I wasn't sure if I would remember the combat and the ins and outs of it. So I kind of 
put the DLC off for a while until I was like, all right, I, I really need to go back and. and DLC play. came out November seventh. November seventh, okay. and it did take you know a couple hours to well not a couple hours it took a couple encounters to remember yeah. like the flow of combat and like all like, oh, right this weapon does it. this this weapon does that I, I'm going to do this and uh, but it's absolutely great it's a beautiful new location looks amazing highly highly recommend everyone play it. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what they do with future games yeah, and, in that franchise. And they is, didn't necessarily... Is Horizon the franchise or is Zero Dawn the franchise? I think Horizon is probably the franchise. I mean, the whole thing, because without getting too spoilery, it's project. the project is Zero Dawn. That's, right. that's part of so the story. Right, so Horizon yeah. would be the franchise, which would make sense. Usually the franchise comes first. Yeah. It's just when it's the first one, you don't know maybe they're going to do something non-traditional. Um... Oh, and so they do a good job of, for, have you played the DLC? I know you played I've, Horizon, I've right? started it, but I haven't played far into so it. So in the DLC, they continue to do a good job of teasing Silence's backstory uh -huh. without fully explaining it. Because the way that the main story ends, you're kind of, it's kind of like hinting that you're going to see, uh -huh. right. you're gonna, that, that's the direction future games will go in. And this takes place before the end of the main story. Correct. You have to jump to a, well, it makes a save right before you do the final climax of the, the game. So mm -hmm. it, that's where I think most people probably start this DLC. Oh, it's nice. It's a little hard to find it. as many times as you like. Yeah, it, you can it, climax it, over and over. It did take me a little while to find it. I had to look it up. Northeast. Like, what the, just because it's not like other games with DLC sometimes where you get like a note, like Skyrim or, right. or something like Oblivion where you'd be like, hey, there's a note. The Thieves Guild wants to talk or anything. It's just like, oh, I, yeah. there's a map up there. You just kind of got to go. Yeah, I just looked at my map and I was like, Huh, that's kind of weird that I haven't been in that direction. Yeah. And then you kind of go there. Um, it, but it's an area It doesn't actually to tell to. you? No. No, in-game, it doesn't notify although, you in any way. <laughs> although, like, the, I mean, the DLC's cold, like, frozen wild. Yeah. It's, it's like, I shall go check them out now. What's, what do you think the worst offender of that is, of, like, getting a DLC and not knowing how the fuck to start it? This is one of the worst in my memory. I, I can tell you the, the worst in mine. What's the worst? Dark Souls. <laughs> um, you get the DLC and it just doesn't tell you anything. You just have the DLC. And that sounds very Dark Souls. You, there's no map in the game, so you would have no indication of how to how to find it. Like, I didn't know. I had to go online and Google it. Wow. It was like, you have to go to this area that you would have never gone to because there's nothing over there. Fight this now thing. Now there's something free, there. Free this person, save the game, and then like, and then it opens up a portal. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um, and then the last thing I'm going to say about Horizon is after I'm done getting all the trophies here in the DLC, then I have to go back and I have to finish the game again on New Game Plus in ultra hard difficulty to get the final trophies that I need. So that's kind of like what's intimidating me right now. You have to play all I have to do a New Game Plus on the hardest difficulty. And you're, are you going to? Yes. Uh, you're going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. But I, I heard that supposedly the... Some of the better armor you get in the end game carries over to a new game plus nice. playthrough, okay. which oh. would which would make it a lot easier because I think at like the, the beginning the anyway the shield armor the yeah the weave mm -hmm. the the shield weave yeah weave. so you'd get it early okay which would it's really helpful so uh, <laughs> it might make it a lot easier. I've been uh, I actually I was traveling uh, recently I went to CES which is why I wasn't here last week uh, and I was traveling I took my switch took my Vita. Took the uh, the headphones that Bernie gave me for Christmas that I was like, all right, I'm gonna be able to go back and forth convertible. Now I'm Bluetooth. Now I'm wired. Did the Bose? 
Uh, yeah, they're mm -hmm. um, they're these Bose headphones they got me so that because I kept complaining or like bitching about the fact that I have had to have multiple headphones mm -hmm. in order to like connect to like my phone and the Vita and the Switch because you know I don't always have different standards headphone jacks and Vita does Bluetooth and Switch does not and it's just a hassle and he's like here's some headphones please stop complaining. <laughs> uh, and there's one downside to those headphones, and that is that you have to remember to take the cable if you want them to Fuck. be convertible. Accurate, yes. I did not do that. Uh -oh. So instead of playing Switch on the plane, I played Vita because <laughs> I could Bluetooth that one. God. Uh, so I was like, well, fine, whatever. I'll just start Final Fantasy X again. This is like <laughs> my fourth time playing that game. Now I am balls deep in it. I am so happy. Are they, are they the noise-canceling ones? Yes. I, listen, I don't have those because they're they're a little pricey for me, but I went on a plane one time and Carrie, Carrie was like, try these for a second. And it's like all this plane noise and I put them on, I was like, and I'm in my own world. It was amazing. Very peaceful. That was a, that was a great, he's a great salesman for those things. <laughs> I still think about that and I want them. They're, they are very peaceful headphones. I like them a whole bunch. So, yeah, I... I don't know if this is a mistake or not, but I'm now way into that game again. It's going to be another 100 hours, I'm sure, because I can't play that game and not 100% complete it. it also it, because the other times I played it were all on PS2 before there were trophies to give me credit uh, for all the things that I was doing. So is it just a port, or have they modified anything about Final Fantasy uh, it's, so I, it's Because I remember being annoyed at the upgrade system in that game with all the orbs. Oh, you don't like the sphere grid? Yeah. Oh, well, so... A lot of people don't. I don't understand that. Um, it was so actually, convoluted. I really enjoy the sphere grid. It's very convoluted, but it's such a unique way to handle level ups that I was kind of okay with it, that you could... Theoretically, if you have enough of the unlocks, you could move Lulu, the like who's the black mage in the game, over to I don't know Aron's thing. If you had enough, if you like grinded enough and got enough uh, uh, points to move over that area and unlock the path over there, you could turn her into a tank. I wouldn't. Yeah. No. But you could and try and get like everyone to unlock everything on the entire grid. That's the ultimate goal. Uh, I, I think, yeah, that's a couple hundred hours, probably. Well, you know, here's the thing, that's, I'm, I'm, I go for it. Yeah, I'll go for like, it. Yeah, let's complete this. You do you. Uh, I will, I will, unfortunately. And uh, so I'm having a really good time with that. I'm finally gonna get trophies for all the stuff. I'm, I'm going for 100%. I'm going for the, all the ultimate weapons, which means I have to do tasks that I really, really hate, but I'm gonna do them anyway. <laughs> And uh, it's kind of cool to be back in that world. I, Final Fantasy X was my first Final Fantasy, and like I went backwards from there. I went back to like mm -hmm. nine and so on. And great, great game. I love all the characters. So uh, according to how long to beat, a completionist playthrough of Final Fantasy X is 165 hours, which is not as bad as I would have expected. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. I, I don't think I spent 160 hours completing it before, but it also depends on how you define completionist. Like, I'm, I get all the ultimate weapons, but I don't complete the sphere grid for everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, unless that... <laughs> well, that sounds just... Although, I want to platinum it this time, because now I do have God. the trophies. So I'm like, if that's a thing, then I might have to. We'll see. I bet, Surely I bet that, that's not. It's one. I bet that's going to take multiple playthroughs. That's insanity. Um, yeah, because there is a new game plus. So we'll see. Um, you, I, should, you should subscribe to the Patient Gamers subreddit. 
No. <laughs> Someone no, who well, goes isn't, back. Wait, isn't that it's one? People that go back and play old ass games. Well, I think the patient gamers subreddit is for people who are content to wait yeah. until hype has died yes. down and prices drop on yes. things. Yes. Uh, so someone playing to, the Vita. Yeah, before they start playing it. Well, that, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Since I am a l <laughs> rather late adopter of the Vita, like, but I'm having a great time. Here's the curve. <laughs> I really enjoy You're it. Back here. It's great hardware. I. It just sucks that it's I don't a great know, screen. like. Sony sent it out to die. I think they made some really poor decisions with one, the proprietary memory card that's incredibly expensive even now. That's Sony. That is, you're like, all right, here's this great hardware. I hope you plan on spending another hundred bucks on that memory card. Yeah. Sony that's, loves to do it. It's just, I know they love their their proprietary formats, but it was just, I wonder if that one detail was enough to kill it, or if it was just that also mostly weird Japanese game. I mean, it hasn't stopped them from doing it with all, every peripheral they've ever made. I yes. mean, the cameras, everything yeah. is all it, proprietary. It has not stopped them. So on PlayStationTrophies.org, they say a, the approximate time to platinum it is between 90 and 120 hours. Okay, I can do that. You, you, only, need, do that. you only need one playthrough. Wow. And uh, there is a missable trophy, though. And you've already missed what, it. Is it eject shot? It's Master Linguist. Oh no no no! I've already I'm clear there. I'm okay. good. You're clear I know there. Okay. that's you have to collect these. Uh, there's this albed language in the game, mm -hmm. and as you're going through the game, you can collect these primers that teach you the language. There are a couple of them that are in locations you can't go back to. Gotcha. Not very many. There's I want to say two or three that are in missable locations that you can't go to again. I did miss one. Restarted the game. No. <laughs> The hardest when trophy, back. apparently, other than obtain all trophies, is complete the sphere grid for all main characters. Oh my god, Ooh, we were just talking about is. that. Fuck. Alright, well, I guess... But you can do it 90 to 120 hours. I guess that's what I'll be doing. I'll go find somewhere and just, like, grind on some crazy... Sounds awful. ...or whatever. There are really weird tasks in that game you have to do in order to get some of the ultimate weapons. Like, there's this, um, this lightning plane, and... To get one of the things, you have to dodge lightning 99 times in a row. Oh my god. Which is like you basically, the screen will flash and you know that lightning's coming and then you have to hit a button. This is the, and one, dodge. This is the one where you use your gamma trick? It is, but that was when I had a tube TV. Right. So I'm gonna have to see if on the Vita I can turn the brightness yeah, all the way settings? down and yeah. cheese it. Uh, otherwise, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I know exactly where to stand in the planes to get the most maybe, number maybe, of lightning bolts. There's an audio cue, you can just listen for it. Ooh, I, I think this headphones. one was video, but <laughs> the uh, the thing in the game that made me the most angry is you have to do this race on a chocobo, mm -hmm. and you have to get a negative time. Oh right, I forgot what? about yeah, that you, one. you so you have to you you have to go through this course, and seagulls will dive bomb you, and if nice. you get hit by a seagull, it stuns you for a couple of seconds, which sucks, oh, and you're mad so the whole time. And you have to try and collect these balloons, which will take time off your Score. So you have to have like a perfect run and get. You have to have a perfect balloons. run. You have to get all the balloons. You can't get dive bombed by any seagulls. But here's the thing: even if the clock reads zero zero zero, you, it doesn't tell you if it's negative or not. Oh. It has to be a negative time. It sucks. That sounds awful. It sucks. The first time I played, it took me like eight hours. Oh my fucking. The second time, <laughs> I was so fucking mad. The second time was like. Three tries. So it's like muscle. Because by then I got it. Well, it's yeah. like Meat Boy. Do you, uh, that, do, do you have moments in games like that where you're like, "This is a challenge I want to beat. I'm willing to spend any amount of time on it." I, yeah, I get these things where I'm like, "You will not defeat me," I and do. I'm like, "I'm mad. I'm furious. My fingers are cramping, and I'm just angry at absolutely <laughs> everything." 
but I can't let it be me. I felt like recently I was having that with Cuphead on some bosses, oh. and I would get so mad that I would, Cuphead you know, is very much that kind of game. I would rage quit, then come back the next day and beat it like on my first or second try. And be like, you just get so uh -huh. in your own head and yeah. so angry and upset that you can't do it. If you just step away for a little while, it's like, oh, this is easy. I think the only thing I've ever done that with was the original Mile High Club. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. I, people, yeah, that's, that's the one I think of. I did, uh, I did one at Meat Boy. There's the I want to be the guy level, which is like, it's an obscenely hard level. And I took a Saturday. It took me like eight hours. It's a series <laughs> of three levels. Mm. Motherfucker, that was hard. Um, so, uh, also... I started learning piano because oh. I want to learn. Oh yeah! I want to learn the Final Fantasy test. You're you're right on point for for using the, the new Switch thing, the yeah. new Lobe. Is it was? Oh yeah! Lobe. Ben is telling me there's a certain pattern you can repeat with the Lightning mini game in the HD remaster. That makes it super easy to just finish that mini game. Well, well, well. Now find me one for the Chocobo, and I'll be a very happy girl. But like everything else, like there's you have to play this stupid mini game called Blitzball. Which oh, is really yeah, fun a couple yeah. times, but then it's like you're gonna have to play 300 matches of this. Well, I don't know if it's 300 matches, but it's a lot of matches, and it's like after a while, just very repetitive because it actually gets difficult to lose. Because mm -hmm. you level, like, you get the best characters, and then you level them all up, and then they're just wiping the floor with every other team, and you're just like, all right, we're just going through this now. It's fine. Where's the but I actually think Vita might be a really good place for all those super repetitive tasks because I can just pick it up and do it for a couple of minutes and then turn it off and walk away. Whereas when it was on PS2, I was sitting there in front of the TV the entire time. It was a real commitment. Yeah. Anyway, should we talk about what's actually going on this week? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, we talked for a long time about games. <laughs> yeah, we this was a yeah, this was a long one. Okay, let's get to the news. Okay, so a couple things happening this week. Uh, we're going to dedicate some time specifically to Labo because Yay. this is like, oh, that's like a whole thing. Um, but a couple of other interesting things happened this week. Uh, one, there's a Twitch chat spammer who's actually facing criminal charges for Twitch chat spamming. Really? What? Yeah, criminal charges. Uh, there's a, a new Steam charge. competitor, a new platform that uh, wants to let you uh, resell your digital games, which is, um, you know, an interesting development from Steam. Okay. Uh, and uh, a couple of developers are talking about the decline of the single-player game genre. Hmm. And they're, like, offering their... They keep their talking about that. I don't believe that that's right. I, I agree with you. I think yeah. that's a, it's a, a much ado about nothing. I feel like there's a lot of... Uh, but I think we'll, we'll get yeah, to we'll it. Yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, well, so let's start, with, uh, let's start with the Twitch chat spammer, because this one's crazy. Yeah, what happened? Okay. So there's uh, this 20-year-old edgelord... In, nice. in British Columbia. Nice. Uh, who, uh, he's now Just been charged. One? What? Just the one? Well, this is the, well, the most important one at okay. the moment. This is the criminal He's the one. edgiest of edgelords. Right. Like, the rest don't get to call themselves criminals. Let's call him the edge king. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. He's been promoted. Uh, the edge duke. There you go. Um, anyway, he's uh, been, he's been charged for using a spam bot to target more than 1,000 Twitch channels with 150,000 plus chat messages that were... <laughs> <clears throat> what you would expect. Anti-Semitism and racism and sexual harassment. Would you like me to read oh, some of them? Yeah. They're, They're amazing. They're awful. They're really They're amazing. Horrific. Amazingly awful. Right. Yes, please do. Uh, death to all Jews. Death to all Jews. That's mm -hmm. Allah hates gay. Kappa pride. We want to see gameplay, not those big jugs. Gus out of context. Gus. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's something. It's, it's awful. So, basically, just like... A fucker. Yeah. This, is, dude, this dude's a fucker. But he's actually facing criminal charges. Uh, f with he's being charged with 
mischief in relation to computer data. Hmm. Keeping in mind that this is uh, I'm terrified Canada, that that's actually Canadian something that's legal. legal system. Well, it's different legal system. Um, I don't. I will Whew, admit. Thank I, God. I don't know a ton about. Canadian law. Yeah, I guess uh, apparently it was the racial anti-Semitic slurs mm -hmm. that uh, that caught him uh, on the wrong side of the law. For basically what they would consider hate speech. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I uh, that is something that's protected under freedom of speech. Uh, but in the United Canada. States, it's Canada. Okay, Canada doesn't like free speech. No. <laughs> they like free um, health care, but not free speech. <laughs> uh, yeah, and apparently, uh, I guess uh, this is uh, last year. Uh, Twitch actually petitioned the Canadian authorities to track this dude down. Wow. They said it was impacting their brand. Like, wow. that's how prolific that's this guy was. He was, uh, at, he was sending up to 700 messages a minute. I mean, you can ban somebody, though. But it's across dozens of, I'm assuming, thousands. channels. Yeah. Thousands of channels. Like, most, if you've got anybody modding your channel at all, you see that pop up once and that guy's done. Like, he's out. Yeah, but not all channels, like especially, I would assume smaller channels don't all have moderators necessarily. And if you just like get this flood of bullshit. And assuming he's also, I'm assuming making multiple accounts and things like that. Yeah, he was using a, a third party piece of software right. to, uh, to yeah, do a lot so of that stuff. Yeah, so probably like make a new account, spam your shitty yeah. messages. There was 150,000 spam messages over a thousand different channels. So that's really only 150 messages per channel on average. What did, what do you think he, he wanted from this? Like to why? Be, maybe he wanted to be the edge duke. I mean, I guess successful, but like, I just, I never get the motivation he's, for this. He's one of the people that wants to watch the world burn, I think. He's not. That doesn't watch the world burn at all. That's, no one is, is, is... Maybe that's how he gets attention then. People respond. He just wants a response. I mean, I feel like the response is the guy gets banned. It's like, all right, that's another, there we go, he's banned again. It's, honestly, it's just that kind of behavior in general I don't really understand, but it happens a lot. You know, people and it's not like the and this is this is a criminal case, but I look at people sending like it's now just typical. If you put something out there, someone is going to send you like just like shitty things that no one would ever say to someone else in person. Yeah, it's just like a thing that people do. I mean, that's the internet. Yeah, it's full of of shit that it's going to rain down upon your head as long as you're on it, uh, in any capacity, even if you're there as a non-content creator. <laughs> If you are putting yourself in any context on the internet, it will it will come for you. But we don't have to live like that. Yeah. You're not. It's not original. It's not clever. It's not funny. You, no. You're just useless. I mean, this is it. We talked about you on this podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> um, That's what he wanted. You can be better. Everyone can. But I mean, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you rather people like you? I don't think this, we're talking about typically the kind of person that can uh, achieve that. Yeah, but Usually it's the people that have decided that they are inherently going to be unlikable and so they just commit. I don't know, that just, I, I guess I just have a really hard time putting myself in that sort of mentality. Or maybe he really is just that terrible of a human and believes all that stuff and is trying to or, like, spread the message. Or like funny? <laughs> Somebody laughed. Got him. I just feel like the the internet is you, you missed your window, guy. I'm sorry, uh, but the internet is is immune to that now. We're to the point where everybody's like, oh look, there's just another shit talker. Who cares? And you just filter that from your brain immediately because you can't you can't look at all that. It's too much of it already. It's just like oh, 
I agree, but Blow I also think off. it's a shame to like normalize it and ex like it's it's a shame that people just expect it now. That that's just expected. It's yeah, shame, it is. But it is. Yeah. I mean. I mean, everyone can be better than that. Totally. I believe. Everyone. Well, I mean, I think also uh, the uh, the bigger problem here, and maybe we should take like a step, like look at it a little further back, is these third-party services that allow people to do this kind of thing, mm. and ultimately, you know, this other service exists only to destroy real interaction on it's Twitch. It's like third-party like DDoS right. tools. It's, that's essentially Why? what it is. It makes chat unusable because of this. Like, who are the assholes running that service? That are enabling the other lesser assholes to go out and ruin everyone else's good time. Well, how like, did that service not get tagged as part of this? It, uh, it apparently, might be. they they are. In other entities are trying to shut them down legally at the oh, moment, and they are fighting it. Twitch is attempting to shut us down legally. Fuck them, though, lol. Wow, nice. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's what you're dealing with. Cool. Interesting. I mean, so, yeah, they do they accept money for the service, or is yeah, it? I, I believe so. Is it a donation scheme or like a direct pay for service? You're, you're, I, I've never, yeah, I've never been a customer. Like, people would donate. I like you could. I could see someone charging. That's but if a good someone point. is the type of person to, if someone is the type of person who's going to do that, I doubt they're the kind of person who's going to donate. I feel like this. This shouldn't be that hard to block this sort of thing, though. Like if you have someone that posts more than uh, a message per X interval, it's auto, you know, silence. If you. Uh, yeah, although it's also it's always gonna be the case of whack-a-mole. And if you have someone that has they, X number of bands, then they're just cross platform. Yeah, yeah apparently they were just generating armies of bots, right. and like they would just all go in at once, and it was like an insurmountable number to ban all at the same time. And gotcha. they don't even have a website. I I, I'm, I regret what just happened on my computer. <laughs> I might have to reformat. Oh God! <laughs> Did you do? I, I was just trying to figure out if they had a website, if uh -huh. they were accepting money or something, and um, the. Executable just download, auto downloaded to my machine. Oh, nice. Well, look dude. on the bright side. You should uh, turn off your Wi Fi. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It didn't run. It didn't like, ask you for my well, password. Well, you're, you're, you're on a Mac, yeah. so that's a okay. good thing, I yeah. think. I'll, I'll deal with that later. Ooh. Uh, Bleach. Well, <laughs> yikes. For, Speaking, your, for your computer and the gene pool. Yeah. Speaking of PCs, though, kind of. Um, so, the Steam competitor. Yes. Oh, this nice. is so. This is a new platform. It's not launched yet. It was just announced, and it's supposed to launch this year. It's called Robot Cash, and it's kind of weird. That sounds not reputable already. Well, it's the thing is. Uh, oh, that kind of cash. Oh, got it. Like, oh, like, yeah. Sorry. Robot money. Yeah, like, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, um, it's actually the reason that it's got any sort of weight is it's actually being founded um, by In Exile CEO Brian Fargo and former Atari exec Lee Jacobson. So it's actual like industry people, not just like some dude who was like, you know what I think I'm gonna do is start a platform. Well, they they really nailed it with like buzzword blockchain. Blockchain. <laughs> so, Decentralized. Yes, they've got a couple of like, like their whole things you'll be able to buy and like resell your digital PC game licenses. That's cool. Couple of twists. One, uh, it uses the cryptocurrency mm -hmm. um, blockchain. It's a. Uh, is it BitConnect? It's called Iron, <laughs> and it's based on Ethereum. I now think there are too many cryptocurrencies for me to keep track of. Oh there my there God. are already there's, too many. There's so many, dude. So um, I don't know about adding a new one to the list, but I guess it's so that they can try to stabilize it, so you don't end up with this whole no, so they control thing it all. Where, end end. Right, right. Yeah. They, they have a very vested interest in this. Yes, right. very vested interest. Um, and then there's also when you resell your game, there's a revenue split that happens, and this is 
probably the most interesting discussion point about it. Uh, the reseller takes 25%. 70% actually goes to the developer of the game. And uh, the remaining 5% presumably then goes to the platform. Okay. Now, the reason that's interesting is the 70% going to the developer. 70%. Well, I was wondering, it's like you started describing the service like there's no way developers are going to be on with this. They, but they might at 70%. I don't know if they will or not. People. <clears throat> they don't have to give that cut. 70% is a lot. That's a, that's a, that's a big amount. And it's also but not it's something not. that they deal with with PC games right now. This is more um, applicable at the moment to physical console games where people will buy the disc mm -hmm. and then they will take it to GameStop and they will resell it. The thing is, uh, so if you, you take it to GameStop and you sell it back to them and you get 20 bucks and they're going to take turn around and they're going to sell it for... 55 bucks. They're like five dollars off the price of the yeah. game. Uh, you know, if it's a newer game, mm -hmm. anyway. But uh, like, let's say 50. So, you know, you get 20, which is still just a fraction of it, and then they take the rest of it. The developer gets none, and GameStop takes 30 for reselling the, this game that you brought back into them, right? Right. So, it's interesting that then, I mean, I guess you take a little bit. You take a little bit less if it's like if it resells for fifty, then you're taking twelve fifty of it, and then the developer is taking the bulk. But otherwise, that would have been GameStop. Yeah, I don't see anybody. Well, one, this is a market that doesn't exist for PC right now, so developers are not not at all incented to do this because mm -hmm. they're their Steam games are not getting resold at this moment. Sure. PC games have no resale market, so by allowing this, this is one of the, the greatest regrets I think the game industry has, is that a resale market came to be for physical media. Mm -hmm. That They hate oh, that. The, the industry hates it. Yeah. That's, why would they ever think of letting another competitor to that? Uh, yeah, I, and I think that's why you saw the initial Xbox One announcement talk about always online and you know being able to we're getting, we're getting revalidate right they were that was definitely a, a well, shot and that at was, that yeah they, like they wanted to be able to, like you can lend out mm -hmm. your games you'll be able to like you know resell your digital licenses but that was the that was the not the developers saying oh god we can't allow this this was the users yes. because they didn't want the um, always online mm -hmm. check it. I think if the developers wanted to sell their game for 70% of the price, they would sell their game for 70% of the price right out of the bat. Yeah, but right, I mean, this is, is allowing them to get anything is better than 0% at this point. But well, they're not, he's they're saying not, it doesn't exist on PC, so yeah, like right now, this PC's not this wouldn't, this wouldn't, you wouldn't lose any money because no one's going to sell yeah. their game back. You gotcha, want the game, gotcha, you buy gotcha. the game. You can't buy it from somewhere, somewhere else for 70% of that price. Right. True. And, yeah, uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to... I although, think, I, think I, mean, I figured out another but reason. But you do get, like, G2A... Like it, that's, uh, that's Steam keys that are bought and resold. Bought. bought. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, the, well, better yeah, chance I mean, that you just got a key that fell off a truck somewhere. But, uh, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. it was like you only get is, to keep that key. There if you buy is the a marketplace though. there. That's basically gambling. Unlike will yeah, this key already be used? It is a little bit. <laughs> so um, I found another reason here that they're uh, using their own blockchain currency. It's um, pretty devilishly smart. And I'm okay. going to read a little quote here from an Ars Technica All story right. about it. Robot Cash is looking to raise at least $15 million by pre-selling the rights to 105 million iron tokens to institutional and accredited investors at a discount 
well before that iron is actually generated sometime in the second quarter of 2018. So they're pre-selling pre-ordering cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency How so that they can raise money now and then you get to be, be able to buy games. Look, it's there, totally it, like you it, give it, us I will gladly money. pay you Wednesday for a hamburger today. Is there going to be laws put in place to control this sort of like they're running a market on a cryptocurrency now? The like, thing that's really difficult about that is that, I mean, it's, it's an unregulated decentralized currency. Right. Right. Uh, and like if you think about it, though, like Microsoft points would have been like they were not a cryptocurrency but they were Microsoft's own currency you were exchanging your money for their, Microsoft their, points their value didn't fluctuate that's true you're not you don't you're not you don't stand to gain by exporting people into pre-ordering your cryptocurrency and yeah and they're also going to have people you know mine tokens on their own gaming PCs as well yeah, so this, it's like yeah this it's a whole other oh my God. ballpark this one of my like favorite announcements at CES was the uh the machine you could like one of the big computer manufacturers would let you rent a pc to mine bitcoin mm. that you could rent the machine for like 300 bucks or something but then you had to give them 50 percent of any bitcoin you mined and i was like isn't the the biggest cost of bitcoin mining is the electricity anyway which you would still have to pay a hundred percent of so i think it came out to being a really stupid deal. Yeah, you're like you could rent this machine and make like you're giving a money dollar. to someone else. Yeah. yeah, it was real weird. Every, like the whole cryptocurrency scene is very confusing. I think I'm mostly gonna just stay out of it. It has gotten very confusing, and the uh, Bitcoin's in a in a tailspin right now, right? Has, or has it rebounded? Uh, it's it, it, like it's, I think it's, it's rebounding a little bit. I think has I it? checked last night. It was somewhere. It, like it dropped to around ten ish, and yeah, now it's at I saw it under ten. Now it's at 11 inch, holy shit. Well, yeah. it's, remember, didn't a bunch of different, like I think Microsoft recently stopped taking Bitcoin and no, was, uh, other places Steam. did. Oh, Steam, specifically for being unstable. Yeah, and immediately after that, it just, like, it's completely at 11, went unstable. 11,600. Yeah, I mean, any of those those currencies are gonna f do that though because they're so unstable, but mm -hmm. that's the thing is they can, it's, it went from like, in like, it was like, a few days went from like 6,000 to 19,000, which is insanity. And then it went from 19 back down to 10. <laughs> which, yep. yeah, you know, but like if you got in at the right time, like it's, I don't know. And it's, got out. Well, yeah. it's like in hindsight, everyone could have bought low and sold high. Mm -hmm. Totally. Theoretically. You could have bought uh, Bitcoins but, for nothing right. 10 years ago. Yeah. It's super weird. Anyway, I don't like, I don't like this idea. Robot can. No, no aside from like all the all. bullshit, any other digital uh, PC library, I'm already so invested in Steam, having all myself in a central location, that I wouldn't want a second one. Mm -hmm. Like, aside from every, all the other bullshit. I yeah. can't think of a hook that they would convince the market to go this way for for PC games, yeah, for I mean, PC e digital codes. Each of the different PC platforms at the moment has its own thing, right? Uh, like, you've got um, Humble Bundle, which is like, Humble we've got uh, Humble, Humble, Humble Bundle. Bundle. Uh, which is like it's got its uh, charity donations and a lot of like voluntary pricing. There's uh, GOG, which is DRM free. Um, you know, there are a couple of alternatives like there's Green Man and like there's a couple of different platforms that all have their own thing going on. Steam remains the big dog, so everyone's got to try and have like their own shtick, and this seems to be the new one. It sounds like a pyramid scheme to me. I like the sounds idea. Sounds like a group of shysters. I Sorry, like not to slander you, but like, that's scary. Well, I mean, the idea that you can pre-sell these. Yeah, no, that's weird. To to prop up a platform well, that I can't. It just makes imagine me wonder that they can back up. It just makes me wonder if they can't get any real 
investment, investment and yeah. they're like, oh, well, let's do this pre-sale. Let's pre-order a fucking cryptocurrency. Let's make a currency so that we can sell you the fake currency that doesn't exist. We have a Nigerian prince on board. Yeah. <laughs> he's, That's he's, what it sounds like. It's like, all hey, in. here, trade me that cash that has value for this thing that has none. Right. Mm. By the way, uh, Microsoft did start accepting Bitcoin again. Oh, okay. They did it. Uh, they stopped for a day and then huh, changed oh. their mind. What? So thanks, okay. Ben, for that clarification. Thanks, Ben. No problem. It's up. It's down. Uh, and final news item that's not Nintendo, uh, single-player games. Uh, so two different developers have spoken about it. Um, one is uh, Remedy. So they're head of communications. Thomas Pua uh, w basically blamed... Uh, well, maybe blame is a strong word, but was explaining why uh, Remedy's next game is going to be multiplayer. They're, the studio is known for, known for Alan Wake. They had Quantum Break that came out, uh, and they're saying that. Oh, no wonder they don't think people play single player. They, they also had Max it, Payne you know, way back like in the Max day. Max Payne. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, Max Payne was great. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they're known for these single player experience games, but they're going to be going sort of like multiplayer co op for their next one, and we're, they were explaining why. And. Uh, he said, uh, the reality is the traditional AAA single-player experience is just really expensive to make. The expectation level from gamers is really high in terms of how long the game is, what sort of features it has, how good the production values are. All those things are very expensive to do. And then he went on to say that uh, like sales are dropping, people are expecting more, so they're playing a lot of multiplayer games instead because they expect people to spend like you know hundreds of hours if they're going to pay $60 for something and uh, the, the console market overall hasn't expanded that much. Like we're still comparing say PS4 sales to PS2 sales and being like, oh, if we can hit PS2 numbers, that's really, really great. You know, we're comparing Switch to like, can it do what the Wii did? Mm. Um, but we're comparing current numbers to two of the greatest sure. selling consoles of all time, for, sure. just for clarification. Absolutely. Absolutely, but you know, we're looking at like console market benchmarks overall. Mm -hmm. So he's saying that it hasn't grown enough to offset the increased expectations in gamers and therefore like the reduced per um, per capita numbers. Mm -hmm. um, which I found to be interesting. And then uh, Amy Hennig, who she, so she wrote Uncharted and was working on the uh, visceral Star Wars project that EEA specifically shut down for being too single player. Uh, that, that's not what they said. That's speculation. They said, they said it was shaping up to be a linear single-player experience, which is not what gamers want. Uh, did they use the phrase single-player? Yes. Hmm. I think so. <laughs> now I'm second-guessing myself. I don't know. But uh, if you can find that quote. Yeah, I'm going to look, look that quote up. Okay, uh, but Amy Hennig uh, as well. Now, she, she noted a couple of different factors, um, but some of them, some of the, some of her points actually ran in parallel to uh, what Puo was saying. Um, so she said, there is a real problem, this line we've been running up to for a lot of years, which is the rise in cost of development and the desires or the demands even of players in terms of hours of gameplay, fidelity, production values, additional modes, all these things. Those pressures end up very real internally. So with that kind of lines up with what Puo was saying, just as far as like people are expecting more time out of games, which can be very expensive for a single player linear experience. So if you're, you know, if you've got an open world, like a, like a Skyrim or a Witcher or something like that, those can be, it can be easier to add hours. Whoa, careful there. Just don't touch it, you're done with it. Uh, but <laughs> for a linear experience, like when every moment has to be crafted, that gets very expensive. But she also made another interesting 
two points. One, she said there's a lot of negative press around monetization, loot boxes, games as a service, etc. But these things are trending now in the industry, especially for larger publishers, as an answer to the problem of rising development costs. Uh, budgets keep going up, the bar keeps getting raised, and it starts making less and less sense to make these games. But here's what, like, what I found an interesting point. People aren't necessarily buying them. They're watching somebody else play them online. Mm. So she thinks that people are... I don't are think there's anything playing. wrong with that. That's totally no, for people to do. She thinks people are buying these less because they can just watch someone else have the experience, and that's why there's no point in spending 60 bucks on a linear game. Mm. If it's truly linear, uh, I could see how streaming and, and that kind of thing could be a competitor in some ways, yes. Um, though, I mean, some of this sounds like at the same time, it's like, we, we can't control it. The price of making games just keeps going up. It's like, well, no, you can do things about that. Like, they're... Well, keep in mind that they're both also talking about, like, the AAA market. Mm -hmm. you, you, there are a ton of really amazing games that are being made for next to nothing in the indie scene mm -hmm. that are great experiences that people absolutely love. They're also not generally selling for 60 bucks, and mm -hmm. they're not making the kinds of money that AAA games make. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of times from a development perspective, they look at a game. I think the, the, the prime example for this is like Call of Duty where it's like you have essentially two games in parallel. You have your single-player game and you have your multiplayer game, you know, that you pay 60 bucks for. Your single-player game you're going to play for six eight hours. hours, six hours maybe, like a short experience, and then you're, then you're going to jump into multiplayer and you might play oh, definitely more than six to eight hours. And from a development perspective, I bet those two cost roughly the same to make. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like, well, why are we spending so much resources on this six to eight hour experience when we could be pumping resources into this other experience that people are playing more and that they can loot box and, you know, make other additional revenue from? It's like a, a win-win on that side. It's yeah. hugely on, in touch with the pulse of where the money is and out of touch with the pulse of where the interest is. Mm. Like, I get that that's where money is, but the, the single-player experience, the... The narrative, the campaign, the things that tell a story, that's where the heart of gaming has always been. The, I mean, I might, just another I'm, multiplayer game, I mean, sometimes you get lucky with something like Overwatch, but it's pretty soulless. I feel like they're talking specifically about like the the non the, the, the linear stuff, but the nonlinear stuff, like a Fallout, you yeah. get hundreds of hours in, Skyrim, mm -hmm. you know, that sort of game. And like, they're harder to make. Mo they, sure, but like most of those games, like players are still playing for upwards of 100 hours, yeah. which is you know, as much as I would play any game. So, I mean, I feel like the, the number of linear games is small. Like, mm -hmm. I can only think of a handful, like The Last of Us, like God of War, those sort of games. Like, And, like, you know, take The Last of Us. It'll sell absolutely incredible. Yeah. It'll do great. And it's going to be a linear, single-player, story-driven experience. But it's easy to, like, think of that one because there aren't many others crowding it. At the moment. I, I think a lot of Sony games, oddly enough. Like, the other one I think of yeah. is Uncharted. You right. know? Yeah. Uncharted, Last like, of Us, God of War. Two yeah. big flagship games. So I just wanted to clarify, the, the quote by Patrick Soderlund regarding the Visceral Shutdown was, in its current form, it was shaping up to be a story-based linear adventure game. Okay, so, so I think I was interpreting the um, the story-based as single player. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So and I think that, that linear is like what we're, we're, we're focusing on. Like, that's, that seems to be the buzzword or the, the code word for... Yeah. Mm -hmm. For single player, mostly because that just means it's a very, it's a very tightly <laughs> guided experience where every everything that you experience in that game 
was made specifically for you right. to experience in this order by doing this thing. Look yes. at it from this angle. I mean, and and the experience for each player will be, they're they're never exactly the same experience, but they will be roughly equivalent. Well, I mean, then you can address that through gameplay choices, game mechanic choices. You don't have to make it linear. I mean, well, you can you can add variability if you made. Oh, so I think a good example of that might be like um, the the Walking Dead Telltale game, mm -hmm. where it's that game is super linear. It's just like a multiple choice question. Yeah, and then you can result in playthroughs that are drastically different for everyone. Where it's like, Absolutely. Oh, that character died for me back way back when. Like, oh no, it's still alive in my gameplay. Mm -hmm. For for single player games, do you prefer a linear game or do you prefer something that is non-linear that you can dump a hundred hours into just like exploring? Your I like brain? both. Right. Yeah, I I, 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 just play, I do feel I play like primarily single player stuff. I do, I do too. But I like um, I like a mix. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll have a great experience that I will play through, uh, like uh, let's take like Uncharted: Lost Legacy recently. Shorter game, uh, but it was a it was a great experience to play through. It had its nice like sort of like open area bit where I could run around and explore and do stuff and then narrow back into a linear experience, like roll through the story and be, and get really invested in it and then put it down and never go back to it. And I think that's part of the problem. Like publishers now want you to spend more time with their properties because then you're more emotionally invested with them. They don't, they don't want you to spend more time with their game to love the game. They want you to spend more time with the game so you'll drop more money. On well, them. one leads to the other. Yeah, they they want continue. They want they don't want to sell you one game. They want to sell you that game four times uh, over the course of its lifespan. Which yes, that is something that is available in multiplayer, and less so in single player. They tried with Shadow of uh, War. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think that the more and more that the the game companies try and exercise this idea of being exploitive of the gaming base, just to make you know six billion dollars instead of seven billion dollars, it's just going to turn the goodwill against the the larger developer com uh, developers and drive the indie market because those are the people that feel like they're in touch with the the players. And the, the more the, the big companies get bigger and bigger and bigger, they're so soulless and don't care about what you want, they just care about mining you for crypto money. Well, we, and, we I mean, that's and part of that, though, can, comes down to a lot of these companies now being publicly traded. They're not mm -hmm. private companies mm -hmm. that can do whatever they want. They are all answering to shareholder pressure, which is always drive up the revenue, drive up the profit. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, it, it sucks on the one hand because you get all of that, but that investment also enabled them to develop at a scale that they wouldn't have been able to otherwise. So it's tough. Yep. I think you frequently that just leads to them growing to the point where they're inefficient. I mean, you the cost of gaming is going up or of game development is going up, <clears throat> but it doesn't necessarily have to be scaling up as fast as it is. It's it's the Hollywood effect. You make a movie in Hollywood for 300 million that you can make somewhere else for 60. Just because it becomes entrenched, it's like, well, this is we go to this people, they're going to do this for that price, and it just goes up and up and up as people's expectations go up. But you can still develop for less than that. Uh, indie games are proving that. Yeah, I mean, Hellblade does prove that it you don't have to break the bank to make a single player experience. Mm -hmm. But uh, they they won't not at a AAA studio. Yeah, yeah. Well, also I think the expectations of um, like you know. Hellblade could have had like there were certain things that could have used more polish and uh, that they could have added additional elements to that if it had been a triple-a game would have probably been there and would have also though 
would have been expected. Otherwise, the game would have been roasted for not having this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. So um, the expectations that we as players have for indie games as opposed to AAA games also varies. But it might actually mean that like an indie linear single player scene could be like the perfect new niche. Just tear it all down, man. Tear it like, all get down. all these walls out of here. Rebuild, rebuild from the ashes, man. It's, it's all about money. Where's the soul? No, you know what it's all about? Cardboard. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Cause wow. Oh yes. Like I, I, like I got Nintendo Labo early. <laughs> love that transition. So, Nintendo. Uh, earlier. Uh, this week, they had they'd announced uh, like one of the execs, uh, the the CEO CEO president uh, Tatsumi Kimishima had said that Nintendo obviously they want to move a lot of switches this year, and one of the things that they're going to have to do to really do that is appeal to consumers who don't necessarily get into game consoles, you know. And they teased something that was for kids and adults who who are still kids in their hearts. And I heard that byline, and I was like, that sounds like a very Disney kind of byline. You know, like, it's yeah. for kids and also, like, children at heart. And I was like, what are they going to do? And there's, like, pictures of dicks buried in the artwork. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. What do they do? They build video games for cats. Video games for cats. So I... they just announced Nintendo Labo. I did not see this one coming. It's sort of anyone who says they saw this coming is full of shit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, no one saw this coming. Uh, it's like DIY cardboard paper craft where uh, they'll have patterns available, or you can buy these kits, and then you build stuff out of cardboard. And it's all kinds of weird stuff. It's like little pianos. It's fishing rods. It's well, a very uh, specific set of stuff. Robots. Oh yeah, they're they're like yeah. you you build these it's specific not like items, mm -hmm. and then you use these cardboard things with your switch to to play for like these the like this game software that's built for these different items this is amazing this blew my this fucking is amazing. mind when i saw this the, video this is like fuck fuck us this is like for kids and for younger younger people teaching like teaching kids how to create I'm going to I'm going to select Marcus really quick cuz I actually want him to come over and talk about this from uh, the perspective of someone who doesn't play games as yeah. much as we do so give me one second you Te continue talking teaching kids how to like make stuff this is like this is almost like cosplay for me where you're you're building something from a flat thing and you're turning it into a shape and to me, that is such like an important skill to teach kids, and the fact that they're doing it in such a creative way, and like allowing kids to eventually use that to, to like play games, and fucking so fucking cool, man. Mm -hmm. Like I love that they're they're going in a creative direction with it. Like, on the other hand, how many times do you think a parent is now going to have to have the following conversation with their kid? I know, sweetie, that you really enjoy that, but if you sit on your controllers, they're just gone forever. That's also teaching kids important lessons about not breaking shit. I mean, this is great. I, I Or if the dog chewed it up. My, I have dogs that will totally destroy anything that's in this. I'm, look, I'm not saying it's a bad so idea. The, I'm just saying this is a very impermanent solution to oh, controllers. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. The, I mean, it's cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> no one's saying. The, like, the easy joke to make is that this is like Google Cardboard on steroids. That this, right. this does for sort of games and building things, what Google Cardboard did for VR, which is like, yeah, it's silly. It's made out of cardboard. But you know what that makes it is really not intimidating. Yeah. And it's also, because you build these things, 
it's a great experience for parents to have with kids. Like you mm -hmm. build this thing together and you and you play with it, and then you get to like take it into an experience and do something specific with it. And it can potentially get kids into like you know develop the develop brain stuff where you learn to build things and you learn to think through a build and potentially you can look at like you know developing an interest in like engineering or something like that because you built stuff. I didn't do a lot of physical building stuff when I was a kid and now I have no practical skills in that regard. And you build skill mail now. Yeah. I mean Yeah, but that's different. <laughs> uh, I showed this uh, trailer to my wife last night and she was like that is, like I think that blew her mind. She was like, "That is amazing! Like I want to play that right now." This ro that robot one. Can we talk about the fact so that they have the the visor that goes in front of the face? Yeah. Hopefully you can slide the switch in there. I'll buy that. I, I thought I imagined it's, it's got to be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, it, I think it showed it see through there, but if they have the visor, I'm using that shit to play on the airplane. That's what I'm buying it for. <laughs> uh, no. Why? It's awesome. That's what I want. Oh, not the not the robot game. No, just just the the head okay. part that goes over. I don't know, the Just head part that went that. over was cardboard, though, so it's probably... Yeah, not. but I'm saying if you can slide the, the... So you can travel with it easy, because you can break it down flat. Totally. Your bag, and you're like, yeah. all right, time to build my headset. Folds mm. up and fold it. Like, that looks awesome. So uh, from what I understand, there's two different packages you can... Well... There's two different, like, kits. Right, you can get this robot kit, which this is one of them, and the other one's the variety kit, which consists of all of the other smaller doodads and gadgets that we saw uh, in that video. But they said that they're also going to make... All of the patterns available for download. Uh, yeah, that's. I wonder. So I guess the other question is like, how much? They only showed like what five things. So I wonder like how many more they're gonna come out with. Is this like a one-time deal? Like this is all the Labo stuff you'll no, see. They'll have new DLC. More more cardboard. More I'm cardboard sure DLC. So the, yeah. the variety kit contains the ToyCon RC. They're calling it ToyCon. ToyCon. ToyCon RC car. ToyCon fishing rod. ToyCon house. ToyCon motorbike. Toy-Con piano. So you're at five. And then the other one is the robot. And yeah, the other one's the robot yeah, kit, which has another Toy-Con robot, Toy-Con robot, and then there's a customization kit, which contains tape and other customizable items for the Labo. All right, first of all, I think Nintendo is doing a much better job this generation on branding stuff. Motherfucker, they're so like, great. <laughs> Toy-Con, I'm like, I get it. That's funny. Yeah. I like it. I Look, I'm torn. Like, I like the idea of this. I really do. I know I'm not always the negative one, but I also have two small kids at home. And I know what a nightmare this is for children. What? What? You I mean, like, what? It's fuck a train the, fuck wreck. The long fuck what? The long How's term. a train wreck? Well, it's a me. train wreck of having to deal with it as a parent. Think about the short-term experience of like building the stuff with your kids. Adam, and I just spent an entire vacation getting rid of the short-term experience that I had with my kids. There's so many piles of that in a house. Yeah, but... That's what kids are, it's piles of I shit in the know, house. And well, but think about how another... great it is. Like, if, if they're bad and you want to punish them, you could tear their toy con right in front of them and know that it's just cardboard. It doesn't fucking matter. Be like, look, you did this. All right. <laughs> you, sir, are a monster. Wow. <laughs> um, I, I, I agree. No. It, I know that you're already not going to, but never have kids. It's so, what, what you're asking for as a parent, not as a gamer, but as a parent, what you're asking for with this set is. For every hour of play, three hours of maintenance. This isn't that they are not going to be not, able to do. But this, it's not a it's not a it's not a maintenance thing. Like the creative yes, it building is. is part of this. Like this is it's and then you built it. But to and some and now degree, you've got to fix it to some degree as well. Now, though you teach them. Remember when you the can Wii, try when the you ever Wii tried was to teach a, a six year old? Thing? No. <laughs> Remember when the Wii was a big thing and it had 
a billion peripherals. There was the tennis racket. Mm -hmm. and there was the steering wheel, and there was and they were made of the plastic. Fishing rod. Did I already say that? And there was like there were a billion different things that you could get, and you would end up with just this huge bin of plastic stuff that you would use a couple times and you would play with and you'd be like, this is really cool, and then never use it again. You don't have to keep it around now. You can tear it in front of your kids. You can tear it up. Stop to it. Your You're kids. not going to tear it in front of your kids. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, you know, and then recycle it unless well, you put pizza on it. I mean, the thing is, so, again, as a gamer, I think this is a really interesting idea and I'm looking forward to, to playing with it. As, it's merely as a parent where I'm looking at this and just seeing a nightmare because not every kid... And, you know, you always want to have the kids that are going to be like, it's broken. I'm going to fix it. Most kids are not that way. <laughs> Most kids are like, Daddy, it's broken. Fix it. And you can be like, no, we're going to learn to do this together. And they're going to be like, okay. All right, I'm going to do something else. Please fix that. Yeah. It's hard. You get, it's one of the things you got to work through. Is then you break and, it and be like, you left and it broke. <laughs> so I see this being, like, good for, and cardboard is, is, I mean, the up and down of this is the cardboard, right? So it's cool because it's a, a material that everyone has. It's very easy to work with. But it's also a very impermanent mm -hmm. material. It is not good for something that you want to use more than twice. So. Uh, and the patterns that it's going to come with, the first one that you get, I'm sure, in the, the box, the pre-perforated sheet, great, no problem. When you go to make your second one, we're dealing with what, like spending a couple hours with an X-Acto knife if you want to cut it out? To me, this is like a, a party. I, love I know this that's a party to you. It's awesome. It's, yeah. But you have the time to do that. When you have kids, I chose you not, do I, not have the time to do I that. I chose not to have kids. So, well, it's a different world. There are, uh, and that's who the market for this is, largely. Ben, uh, it might be for slightly older kids who can build it on their own. I Fair enough. Throw that out as a counter argument. Um, ben pointed, out, pointed me to an article here that calls attention to some of the toy cons that we don't know what they do. Like okay. the little guy who falls flat on his face uh, with the Joy-Con strapped yeah. to his back. The UI for that made very this, little this, sense this in just looks like This just looks like a game of like you're, you're making two guys but, vibrate and trying to make but, them fall. But these are not in the variety kit. We were talking about will they have additional ones down the road. Oh, like that was in the variety kit. The little flappy bird thing with the bird on the front. That wasn't listed anywhere. The steering wheel and the gas pedal. Uh, the camera. Um, the so kick safe pedal to for say a there's a set. lot to go. Yeah. There's a shotgun, it looks like. A flight. Oh, oh yeah. I saw did, the like, shotgun. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. I thought that was a weird thing to throw in there. It's like, all these happy toys <laughs> and then shoot them. Yeah, so now there are... stuff. There are, even in this reveal video, yeah. there are things that, they, that aren't in the variety pack or in the robot pack. So yeah. we may continue to see support down the road. This one in particular, I think it looks the most exciting of the whole bunch, but all these fucking pulleys going through cardboard, that's going to saw its way through in an hour. Literally, I mean... You're going to go punch and it's going to rip the whole fucking thing free. I, I, I'm seeing from this picture, it looks like there's a, a metal O-ring. I bet there are metal grommets. I'm sure there's there. some grommets, grommets too. that's but the thing. Yeah, I mean, all I see from this is me having to constantly be like... <gasps> Let me not break it because it's delicate. I mean, I'm excited about it. I think it's awesome. <laughs> the the one of the holdups that I do have about this is the price of kits. They're expensive. When you say cardboard, I'm like, I would expect like I think of cardboard as being like very cheap. 15, 20 bucks, because you're right, it won't last forever. That's one of the upsides of cardboard is that you don't have to keep it around forever, but it will also not stand up to heavy repeated use. So I would expect it to be relatively cheap. The kits are not cheap. 
The uh, the the first kit, like the basic kit that's got a whole bunch of the variety stuff, is seventy bucks. That comes with the game, though, right? Yes, so, that's, yeah, the, that's the difference. The, so it's uh, 10 bucks. the robot is eighty bucks. So it's twenty bucks. Right, but like, what would you? One, one, two, switch. Do they charge the full sixty for it? Yeah, you bet they do. Yeah, they did, uh, and that was not <laughs> worth it, well, right? It was not worth sixty bucks for one, two, switch. It had a billion mini games, but it felt like a pack-in. It felt like I would have paid forty for it, uh, you know, just to be like, hey, oh, cool party stuff, whatever. But sixty bucks was too much. So the software that comes with this would have to be. Pretty amazing to justify full game price. Mm -hmm. So, um, hey, Eddie's here. Eddie, come talk to us as as a dad. Do two, we have a? There we go. Get in here. Two, real fast before he starts talking, because this is this will segue into the kids. Uh, Nintendo is having, I guess, uh, uh, what come they here call in the middle where people can see Labo Studio mm -hmm. to try to have people with kids try out Nintendo Labo, and they're asking if parents have kids age six to twelve. So there you go. Yeah, there you that, I was curious to see what age they were targeting. Yeah, that's definitely the age range that it seems to be targeted for. All right, for so sure. you've got two kiddos. Yes. How yeah, old? One's about to be six, the other one's about to be three, but it's mostly the six-year-old that I feel mm -hmm. like would really love this, and I could see myself wanting to get her a Switch, like, just for her, that it that can be a little bit more rough and tumble and live and in these things. And witness Nintendo's strategy in action. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah, like, they suckered me. Like, I saw the thing, and immediately I was like, oh, my God, like, I'll just get them another Switch if they're going to be <laughs> devoted to this stuff, like, all the time. Because Tally's going to want to play it all the time. Yeah, just like a couple weeks ago, I was looking for apps that could work as, like, um, like they, had, they were pretending to be in, like, a rocket ship, like a cardboard rocket ship, and I was looking for apps for, like, iPad or something that they could use as, like, a dashboard oh, that's an to, like, yeah, do yeah. things like that, and I was trying to see if that existed, so I could totally see this being a thing that, like, she would be all about. Because she's in that like crafting age, right? Because you could build a spaceship out of cardboard now and then play a game where she yes. takes it to space. Yeah, that's cool. Make sound effects. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. She'd be she'd be all about it. So yeah, that's why. Like as soon as I saw it, I was like, ah, oh, crap! I gotta buy another Switch <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah. Where's how old are your kids, Ryan? Six and four. Okay. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. yeah. So no, my my major complaint was I look at this and I just see. Uh, well, don't buy the robot one. Buy the buy the piano. Any of them, Hour, any hours of, them. of work for you. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. like this is bonding not gonna, time with I your child. Know, I don't know. No, it's not because <laughs> they're going to wander the hell off. Oh, and they're going to be useless. Yes, but like that, they're going to be useless. And they will not. I don't know how rough and tumble your daughter is, but my kid, my son, will destroy this in an hour. Like there's <laughs> especially probably. like the the fishing pole. Like yeah. he's going to start swinging that around. It's cardboard. It's going to fall apart. How do you say don't play with your toy? Well, the cardboard Play with is it the free. right way. <laughs> like they'll do the cardboard stuff for free, but it is going to be like you having to. I do. I do, I do sell refill kits. I, I kind of hope. I kind of hope that like they'll sell for like five or ten bucks, like a replacement. Like you want the robot again, it's ten bucks. You want the fission rod again, it's five bucks. Like, yeah, like like just fine, individual. We'll, we'll or, like sell we'll them. Print bulk. it. We'll we'll perforate it for you. Right. It's just five all, bucks. all that is is like them laser cutting something. I can't imagine it's really that expensive. No. But. But so, but like, you're, as you're a parent... Oh, I'm, I'm, like, totally into it for them, yeah. And you, you figure... You've already got a Switch at home. Yeah. But you currently share it when, like, Talia wants to play Mario Odyssey yeah. or something. Yeah. So you're, you feel like he, this is going to mean multiple Switches in the house for you. Well, yeah, and she's... I'm very strict about, like, this is where you can play it. This is how you can use it. And the idea of, like, this living in something that she's holding and swinging around, I would rather just get her her own at that point because I don't... 
want to have to be like paranoid about mm. it. But mm. this is what they want, right? They want multiple in a house. Yeah, they yeah. want you, they they wanted to sell like a handheld, which is yeah. one for everyone per person, yeah, rather yeah. than per household. Yeah, we have two yeah. in my household. Smart. You have the, two in yours, right, or more? Uh, yeah, we got two. Yeah. Uh, does the price put you off at all? A little bit, just because. But I mean. Like, yes and no. Like, it puts me off a little bit just because it's cardboard, but I know you're paying for the games. But also, like, anyone that's bought Legos, like, they're not cheap either. <laughs> that's like, they're that's so a really good expensive. comparison. Yeah. They're so expensive, it's ridiculous. But so. Legos are plastic and strong. <laughs> and these are cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and then when you step on these, hopefully it won't hurt your foot. It'll just destroy It'll just your destroy work. It. <laughs> right. It'll just make your children cry. Yes. Right. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, Eddie. Cool, thank you. I just wanted to get input from... M Mr. Uh, Marcus is right. here, too. Marcus? Yay! All right, let's hear from Marcus, because, uh, so, so hey. come on in the middle, Marcus. It's Marcus. So, for, for those who don't know Marcus, uh, Marcus uh, does, like, all, like, production design. Um, if you haven't checked out uh, Master and Apprentice, which is um, uh, the show that uh, they've got, it's on their Rooster Teeth channel. It's also on Facebook, where you guys build stuff. Yeah. So, like, uh, Adam's already talking about how he's super into this as a builder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you are a builder with kids. You mm -hmm. don't play video games a uh, not ton. As, not but... as much as you guys, <laughs> but I do play. I mean, you guys are really into it, and I'm really into making things. So I feel like this is a good bridge. Yeah. Um, this it's is a good combination ground. of yeah. things for me. Um, I, I have the same concerns, though. My kids are, are five and seven. Uh-huh. Uh, and they're they're going to destroy some of this, but I think the maker movement in general is going to be the first one to latch onto this. And the cool part about this is we're going to be scanning these ourselves. We're going to be 3D printing <coughs> heavier duty versions. We're going to be using heavier duty wire. There's ways to use this on your own. Like there it is, flat pack. I can take that. Yep. We can we can take a picture of that. Well, photograph no, they have. That, they're, you know? they're releasing the the templates. Dude. Okay, perfect. Then the we can just done. Plug it into like, the laser. Like the this laser can be done. It's about making the thing, right. and, and, and this is a really good initiative by Nintendo because it means that <clears throat> they've given you the plans, they've given you the means to like understand it and put it together, but it's kind of up to you. This could easily be redone with different materials, mm -hmm. and it would be really durable. Right. Um, so it's, right now, this is just more about, like, if, if no one's going to buy these if they're hard plastic and wire and durable because they're just, like, like you said, they're just, it's, no one's going to buy them if they're... If they're if they're hardcore equipment, like well, there's then, not then a big it enough. Has to stand on the strength of the game, which we're right. Well, I'm I think that's sure that's what's. Well, I think it's interesting though that Nintendo's always willing to explore parallel paths of gaming. It's like they're not they're not in that same game as 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 PlayStation and and Xbox. I feel like they're kind of working in parallel and doing different interesting things. And this is a perfect example. Um, yeah, I'm really interested in this. Even 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 beyond my kids, like I I want to do this because I yeah. I have an interactive element now. I've got a little thing. I get to. I get to come up with a you way. You build a thing and then. Yeah, and people are going to start combining these and 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 making games, knowing that all these are out, and the software will start to back these up more. I, I'm really interested in this. You know what I would love to see is um, the equivalent of like a Mario Maker, where it's like, mm. but it's mm -hmm. like a like a Labo mini game maker where people can design these cardboard things. You can download it, whatever, and then download like a, a game. Or maybe there's, you know, maybe there's like a Labo maker where you play this mini game, here's the template sure. for it, you know, print it out and, and build your thing and then play this game that we've built. Even if it's in a framework like Mario Maker where, you know, there are certain things that you can do to make it, I guess, easier or more consistent or some level of, of quality control, mm. you know, because there are some things that work great, like, but like Project Spark was build your own thing and do whatever you like. And that didn't last very long. 
you've got to provide some parameters. You've got to give them something to go off of. Yeah. A lot of times, like people want to be creative, but they don't always have the right path to, to go do it. <clears throat> so I think this is this is this is a perfect example. This is they're just kind of showing you the way. And once you kind of know how these things work and you see how the wires work interact with the little uh, modules that that come along with it, like I think you're going to see homemade projects that do things way beyond what what Nintendo has given us, you know, through these examples. So I'm interested to see what the maker movement will do with this. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. All yeah. right, thanks, Marcus. You're very welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I think there's possibilities. This could like do amazing things and I think they are nailing that appeal to people who wouldn't buy a Switch as gamers but might because this is a cool family thing. Mm -hmm. You know, if that's the market they're trying to hit like they're trying to recapture the the magic of the Wii without doing the exact same thing. Right. right. The one one concern I had after this was that if this is the way they're going to capture all the Switch sales, are we going to like see less other like mainstream AAA releases from Nintendo this year? Oh no, I no. don't. Think I think so. they're. I think we're in different so. I markets. Think, different yeah, avenues. this. Well, no, I, I recognize that, but like if they already sold us the Switches, now they're capturing a separate audience. Like, mm. are they going to focus less on that? Because initially we were saying like this year's going to be like we're going to see a ton more games because they need to sell more Switches. But now if it's this, then. I think this is going to be additional. Like, this doesn't feel like it's coming from the same team at all. This Got is it. from their cat division. Yep. <laughs> and that's... Neko that's works. Yes. Uh, all right, so that's that's this week of Glitch Please. Uh, we have our episode of New Game Plus, which is our, uh, our post show exclusively for Rooster Teeth First members on the website where we will talk about our... Uh, Super Gamer Origins. And uh, if you are not a Rooster Teeth First member yet, you can get a free trial. Just sign up uh, at uh, theno.roosterteeth.com and you will be able to, to watch it uh, and watch all of our uh, episodes of New Game Plus as well. Uh, and also show your support for us because look at this beard. You gotta support this. Support the beard. Uh, and we will be back next week uh, with more Glitch Please as well. Uh, and I'd love to know what you guys think of Nintendo Labo. Do you have interest? In, I feel like I'm saying something wrong that, yeah, like, Labo. every time I say it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's going to turn out it's pronounced like Labo. <laughs> I hope not. Labo. Labo. La Labo. Has anyone anyway. said it in a commercial yet? I don't nope. think so. Then you don't know. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, let us know what you think about it. If you have interest, if this... If like you're gonna play with family, if like Ryan, you're worried about like the the durability of it and so on and so forth. Love to hear your thoughts. I think it's a, a crazy, very. Please validate uh, that I'm not the only one with destructive six-year-old. Please. Well, the difference as well being that like Eddie's got a, a daughter and she's nice to things, uh, and you have a son who is probably a holy terror. He's, he's not a he's, whole, got, he's a good kid. He's, he's got your kid. genes. He's a good kid. He's a real good kid. I'm sure he's a... He treats my Xbox controllers very well. Good holy terror. But cardboard is just not strong enough to deal <laughs> with a six-year-old. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, so absolutely let us know what you think of this, and as well as all the topics. Uh, Twitch spammers getting criminal charges and the, you know, single-player game issues. Oh, and can he be forced to sit and moderate Twitch chat for, as a punishment? <laughs> that would be so amazing. That would be amazing. That would be an interesting form of uh, emergent community service. <laughs> All right, and we will be back next week with a new episode of Glitch Please. We will see you guys then. Bye.